Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, family? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Before we get to today's show, man, I have a quick announcement to share with you that I'm super excited to share. Yo, on October 17th through the 27th of next year, 2024, I am going to Africa, specifically Ghana, Africa. And guess what? I want to invite some of you all to come with me as well. You know, earlier in 2023, man, I made a uh, irresponsible statement that um, I regret saying, man. And because of that, I said, you know what, let me get over to uh, Africa, specifically Ghana, some other uh, beautiful areas over there to where I could really learn more about my culture, more about our people. And I didn't want to go over there by myself. I said, hey, let me open this up to other people who would love to go see the motherland for themselves as well. So if you want to join me on October 17th through the 27th of 2024, I want you to go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash Africa. That's anthonyoneal.com forward slash Africa. It is a $200 deposit. You have 10 months to make uh, your full payments. It is super affordable. Heck, I'm even opening this trip up to your kids. All right. So listen. Before we get to today's show, will you join me? Will you come? We only have 100 slots available. And our last trip, we sold out within a matter of two weeks. Uh, Registration will close the end of January, January 31st of 2024. And then we're going to have a good time. So join me in Africa and let's get to today's show. Peace out. We have Angel from the Spice Suite at the table. I paid $1.3 million for the space that I bought, and I had to completely develop it. I put $2.3 million into that space uh, without any credit cards. And she's not just talking about change that needs to happen in the world. She's actively becoming that change. I'm very clear. It's only for black business owners. We need, we need sacred spaces. What is the end goal for Angel? To free more people. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe so you can be notified every single time we drop a new video. Now, let's hop into the show. Welcome to the table. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get real. We're going to get right. Oh, building up wealth. We're going to get life. Welcome to the table. So, Angel, your name has came up so many times okay. over the past, like, I want to say like three months. Mm-hmm. And you are someone special and unique because you don't have a whole lot of interviews out there about you. Mm-hmm. But but your work speaks volumes. Yeah. I want to start off today's show really by, one, thanking you for your services within the black community. Um, especially as a black sister. You know, you went to Howard University. You got out and you started two businesses here in the D.C. area, uh, the Spice Suite and the Black and Fourth. But before we get into those two things, I I just want to introduce you to my audience um, very quickly because I want to dive into this. Can can you tell us exactly in a a quick little, you know, two, three-minute nutshell, who is Angel? I am a community servant. Yeah. Um, I'm a mom. Okay. 
I am. How an many ex- kids? I have two children. Boy, girl. A boy and a girl. Boy, you are you're a boy, girl, mama. <laughs> I am a boy, girl, mama. Okay. Um, I am a lover of my people. I am so many things and so many things that I don't even know I am yet. Yeah. Right? Like I just really believe that I was put here to serve and do good. Okay. And that's what I try to do. Um, but I, I love fashion. I love food. I love people. I love community. I love travel. I love so many things. Yeah. Um, so I'm a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and to myself. Yes, you are. I take care of myself. I didn't know you was a mom. You didn't tell me that. I am. You don't look like it. You know, I'm uh, okay, we'll now. <laughs> okay, Angel. Angel got two of Wait a minute. Okay. How old are they? They are 12. Oh, 13. He just turned 13 and almost five. Thirteen and five. I know what a range, right? I mean, are they are they close? Like, They're, oh my gosh, so close. My son is. I call him Bro Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he the brother and the daddy at the He's same time. Amazing, yeah. Oh man, you know it's so funny. I'm like, I call myself. Well, I don't really call myself. My family calls me the uh, the Bro Dad husband. Yeah. Because I take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing father who takes care of my mom. Of but course. it's like, hey, my mama need anything. I'm gonna take care of her. Yeah. Um, I didn't like my brother-in-law at first because he was marrying my sister. For mm-hmm. just, I just mm-hmm. didn't like him for mm-hmm. that reason. Yeah, you know. And then um, I have a little brother, so I have a, a little sister, Yvette Henry. Yes, she's my sister. Yvette's married okay. to a very popular um, YouTuber who's very big on the black fathers. He was he he quit his job mm-hmm. to go home to be a black stay-at-home father. Oh wow! Because they have all boys. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Niece, and they just had one niece, <laughs> uh-huh. Naya. And so um, he was very big on showing the world that black fathers can be amazing fathers. Yeah. And so um, everyone is shocked when I say that it's my sister. And then John Gibbs, who's in the music industry, um, is, is my little brother. But it's like I, I, I'm very protective of them, and I'm very protective mm. of my family. Yeah. So to hear that your son is following that same road, that's what's up. Yeah, it's beautiful to see. I love that. I love that. I love yeah. that. Um. What got you into, because when I, the reason why I have you on the show is because this year I am talking about really taking a seat at the head of your table. And the table is pretty much like, it represents our life. Yeah. Oftentimes, I, especially within a black community, we see that we sit on the side of our table and at the head of our table, our life is our bosses, um, banks, institutions, you know, different people. And we're asking for permission. Yep. You know what I'm saying? To live our life, to enjoy mm-hmm. our life. But you sit at the head of your table, and you're helping other people build tables. You have two companies. I want to bring them up because I wrote them down because I didn't want to mess up. <laughs> I did not want to mess up uh, your information here. Uh, but you have the Spice Suite, yep. and you also have the Black and Forth. Not yep. back and forth. <laughs> black yes. and forth. It, but you are a black woman. And, and, and the reason why this is so important to me is because we're seeing a rise of black sisters yeah. in the entrepreneurship space. Yeah. When did ownership, when did taking a seat at the head of your life, the head of your table, really come into play for yourself? It wasn't something that I thought about consciously. Okay. Right? Like, right. I was an educator, right. and I loved being in education. Okay. Um, I thought that I would die an educator, honestly. Okay. It was, I love serving children. I love community. Um, my first teaching job was at a youth jail. Um, and because I have two brothers serving life in prison, that was like heart work for me to go back into the jails and try Say to show again. up. 
<laughs> it was like heart work. Oh my god. Not hard work, right? Like yeah. it was like heart work for me to go back into the youth jail and be who I thought my brothers could have used that might have interjected their trajectory, right? Like had they encountered a person like me, like that's how I wanted to show up in the world of education. Okay. So it was meaningful for me. And so when I took this detour into retail to open the spice suite eight years ago. I immediately felt this like um, this discomfort. I felt like it wasn't purposeful mm. um, to leave kids and go into retail. Like I worked retail when I was in college. You know, it just didn't feel like a good thing to do until I realized that I can bring community into my space. And so I started to bring community into my space. And that's when it kind of solidified for me that like this role, this journey in entrepreneurship is what I could really do. Wow. So <clears throat> Was it difficult? Would you say coming from education, having the guaranteed check, the, the guaranteed 401, well, actually 403 inside mm -hmm. of um, the nonprofit, to coming out here into entrepreneurship, would you recommend it for everybody? Absolutely not. For real? No. I am never a person who recommends entrepreneurship for everybody. Okay. Um, I just think that you, there are unique things that you need to have or to be in order to be successful in entrepreneurship, right? Like, there are folks who know that they don't manage time well, that they don't do well with delegating, that they aren't good decision makers. Okay. And not good decision makers in the sense that they're, like, living this wild life, but you don't have the ability to execute well, and these are some of the things that you need to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have some of these things, and I think it's totally okay. Also, your dream might not be to work for yourself. Mm. You, your dream could be to be a doctor, an attorney, an educator, whatever that is, and I don't think that I should try to deter you from that by trying to lure you into entrepreneurship. Um, I think that it is a thing that calls you and pulls on you, and when you do it, you know that it feels right for you, and the same thing happens with traditional employment. <laughs> you should do what they need to do. Listen, I like that. I think you should have an entrepreneurship mindset, but you ne technically you don't have to have an entrepreneurship career. Yeah, I think we also, so many people have like forced this, right? Like there are these titles of like girl boss and girl CEO and all these things. <laughs> and so people get caught up in wanting to be that and wanting to have the title that they forget that there is also money like that needs to follow that. There's yeah. some other successes that need to follow that for you to really feel good and sit in that. I don't want to be called a girl boss just to be a girl boss. Like I want to be able to live and walk in that. And I think we forget about that part because social media and other things have made it cool to just have a title, right, or just to be a business owner, and you forgot that your business isn't bringing in any revenue. Like, I don't want to talk about a business that isn't doing well. <clears throat> but you got a title, though. But you have a title. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I get to say I'm a business owner. I own this business. But your business isn't doing well. We need to know when to walk away, too. Like, you can try it. But know when to walk away and say, you know what, this actually isn't working. Um, I, I'm going to go back to my nine to five with my head held high because I tried something. That is also a valiant thing to do. Come on, Angel. Angel saying this. This is, this is wisdom <laughs> saying this. I ain't say this. I'm just going to echo what she said. I think oftentimes we strive so hard to be the boss, the CEO. Yeah. I run this and not even understanding mm -hmm. that it's not even profitable. Yep. It's not it's not in alignment with your purpose. Yeah. Because I just don't believe you could be in your purpose and not be profitable. Absolutely. Right? And so I'm like, why are you still striving for something if it's bringing stress and yep. bondage into your life? Yeah. And you're right. I see I see so many people saying I'm a girl boss, I'm a girl mm -hmm. CEO. And and while I understand the concept. Yeah. <laughs> I understand the concept. 
And I may get some... Let me fix my chair for this one. <laughs> I, may, I may get some pushback on this one. I, I'm, I'm learning, because I didn't say some things. I'm like, oh, Lord, I could have said that better. Um, I understand the concept of being a girl boss because they're trying to promote, hey, entrepreneurship, mm, ownership. Sure. But I don't want to marry a boss because I'm not an employee. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, I really want to be connected to someone who is really building something, but it's like we're working together. Huh. That's interesting. I also, I don't, I, I want to, though, for there to be space for duality, Ooh. right? Like, I want there to be space for me to be a girl boss. Yes. And be with a man who's also a boss and it not cause conflict, right? Because while I'm a girl boss in my professional life, it doesn't mean that I don't know how to show up as the soft, feminine, yeah. et cetera, you know, things right, that right. you need right. as a man. Right. So I don't want men to be off-put by women who are girl bosses, who have those titles rightfully and show up that way, like show up very, I show up very dominant and aggressive professionally, right? I think personally people who know me see that there can be another side of me. Right. And I appreciate that. I want those things to exist so two things can be true at the same time. I don't, when I walked in the studio this morning, first thing I said, feminine and she run things. <laughs> okay. That's, I mean, the very first thing, you know what I'm saying? Like you have that feminine energy. I mean, y'all, I wish we could show her her shoes. We can't show them shoes. <laughs> shoes is on fire. Like, this is... I'm like, okay, so very soft, mm-hmm. but it's like, y'all, I'm a, I'm a boss, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's hard. And I don't know why, how we got over here, y'all. This is weird. <laughs> but we're going to stay over here just for a little bit. We're going to get to this black and forth because she has so much wisdom on, on really blackness mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship and really equity in, in the game. But do you think it's hard for girl bosses, girl CEOs to really be, to turn off for their man? I don't. You don't think so? I don't think it's hard. Hmm. I think that, I think it's it's similar to what you said, right? When you said, like, it's hard to be in alignment and in your purpose and not be successful, right? Right, Or produce revenue. I think it's the same thing. I think that it's hard Mm. to be around a man or your partner, whoever your partner is, right? And that be your person and you not want to soften and you not want to fall into that person and you not want to show up for them. I think that's really hard. I think if you're struggling with showing up for your partner or being less aggressive or dominant or whatever you need to, you don't want to be, mm-hmm. I think it might be because there's a lack of alignment there. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to face that reality, right? Like, we want to make things work. Like, and then we complain and complain our way through relationships. Well, when, just like business, you got to know when to stop. Like, so you no got to know when to walk away and say, like, you know what? But this person isn't allowing me to be my best self, and not even my best self, but my truest self. Like, I think I've been in relationships too, right, where I wasn't my truest self. Because of him? I don't, I don't want to say that. I feel okay, like I, I had to ask the oh, no, no, no. question. I think that's not fair. Like, if I can't be no, no, no. feminine, I mean, it's, it's him. No, it's, I, I'm not saying, it's definitely not that. It's not a blame thing, right? It's not because I'm not being my truest self because of him. Yeah. I'm just not being my truest self, period. And uh, I need to be reflective enough to recognize that and recognize that this is not the partner that I can be with that allow me to settle into exactly who I want to be and how I want to be. So this partnership doesn't work. It is not that he is inadequate. He is anything other than amazing. This just isn't the right partnership. Right? And that happens in business and life and love and all sorts of relationships. I think in love, it just gets a little bit convoluted, right? Because emotions get involved and it's a little bit harder for us to reconcile. But I think we need to. Because you also thrive differently when you love well. I think you also show up differently to the world and for your business. 
You know, I think out of all the ladies, no disrespect, out of all the <laughs> ladies who've been on my show, I think you've worded that probably the best way that men could receive that. Mm, you know, because you was like, hey, man, if we're not aligned, it's not just you, but neither one of us can yeah. show up yeah. and be our true, authentic self. Yep. And he's so, probably feeling that too. Same right? thing. Yep. And I, you have enough respect for your partner to recognize that we should amicably walk away from this so that we can both remain intact because we're two amazing people separately. It just doesn't work yeah. well together. Being a successful mm -hmm. uh, black woman who is really, who loves, who loves our people, mm -hmm. what would you say, and correct me if I'm wrong in your opinion, mm -hmm. I don't think we've seen, I, in my almost 40 years of living, I don't think I've seen in my 20s, black sisters going this hard in the mm. business world. They've always were educated. They've I've always seen them get educated. Yeah. You know, but I've never seen them like, all right, let me go get a job. Let mm. me go get. Mm. Let me go start a business. Let yeah. me go start providing. Why do you think our sisters are going so hard? And a part of me, yeah. I feel like it's on us, the men. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, dang, are we slacking? And, and stepping up in leadership, um, and stepping up and leading the way. But where did this movement come from? Or when did our sisters have to really start stepping up the way they're stepping up today? I think that black women have always stepped up, right? That's I think good. that we, we've stepped up in different spaces, right? Like we've always held down things at home. True. I think that now we just kind of have the audacity um, and the space to be able to show up outside of the home. And so that same grit and grind and hustle that allowed us to be amazing moms and, yeah. and wives and things is now translate. Like, we see that it can translate in the business world. And so it's like, okay, like, let me see how these skills, you know, transfer, and they translate well. And so we become successful business owners. And then there's this, like, domino effect. And with social media, you get to see it, right? So it's like, okay, I've seen these people do it. I think I can do it. So I do think that that's some of the benefit of social media like it highlights and spotlights the successes and you see people do things well and so it's like okay I think I can do this now so now you have the courage to do it because you feel like you have an example of what it looks like mm -hmm. um, I think that's one but I also for me I'm inspired by seeing black men win right oh, like no. when I see black men do well and I see you guys being successful I want to match that energy. Like, I don't want to come to you needing you to take care of me. Mm. I want to come to you with everything I need, knowing that you have everything you need, mm. so that now we can just live and have fun, right? Like, I want somebody to have fun with. I'm not looking to be taken care of. Um, and I think that a lot more women are adopting that mindset. They're like, I don't want you to feel like I'm a burden to you. Like, That's let's true. live fully and freely together. And the only way that I can do that is if I come to you with something. Yes. And I'm not trying to compete with you, right? I'm not interested in competing with a man. I'm not interested in, in competing with my sisters. Come on. Right? I just want to show up well yeah. and fully yeah. and hope that, again, this conversation about alignment, right? Like, then there's this immediate alignment because we match each other. Like, that's the real, like, match, right? Like, when we talk about compatibility, we don't really talk about compatibility in terms of, like, mindset, financial compatibility, right? Because so long, for so long, men have been expected to be the provider, and I feel like that's cool. Yeah. And I think every woman could appreciate a man who wants to show up that way. Yeah. But I also want you to be okay with me putting my card on the table.
I often get questions about life insurance, where to buy, how to find affordable rates, the simplest application process, and most importantly, where to secure coverage instantly. Like, people don't want to wait a long time. They want the coverage right now. Giving the startling statistic that nearly 40% of African-Americans do not have life insurance coverage today. It's even more critical to address these questions. My recommendation to all these questions is simple. My friends over at Ethos Life Insurance. These are the people who hold my life insurance policy. You see, their mission is to simplify life insurance and make it accessible online to everyone. No paperwork, no medical exams, or check this out, no blood tests. You simply answer some health questions online and just like that, you can secure coverage that exact same day. But the cherry on the top family, Ethos offers an incredible deal that I wish I had when I signed up with them for my life insurance policy about two years ago. You see, when you secure a life insurance policy through them, they will throw in a will and estate plan for 100% free. <laughs> I, I'm tripping and I'm excited at the same time because I personally spent $2,500 on my estate plan at the beginning of this year. So getting it free with a life insurance policy that might cost you as low as $50, that's a no brainer. I mean, like none. Don't just take my word for it. You see, Tanner R., a customer, uh, secured a $500,000 30-year policy without a physical exam through Ethos. He says the price was great. The process was completely easy. You see, Ethos truly values our time. You see, Alex got approved for a $1 million uh, policy in just five minutes. She said, simple and straight to the point. Comments were, surprisingly, user-friendly and great communication. So, are you ready to protect your family's financial future? Don't let this statistic define you. I want you to get covered today and get a will and get the life insurance policy and get the, uh, um, the, the what's it called, the uh, estate plan for 100% free. All you got to do is go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. Again, that is anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. Secure your coverage today and ensure peace of mind for your loved ones. All right, let's get back to today's show. Put on the table. <laughs> That's what I would say. We both need with to that? be taken care of, right. right? Like, and I think it's important for us to be able to take care of men and then not be sexual. Like, that is, so can't important. be all that we have to offer you. Come on. Like, we can't, and I think we recognize that now. Like, that's not enough, right? Because we also see on social all the half-naked women getting cheated on. So we know that that's not enough Talking to keep you good. anymore, right? So the body don't that. keep you no more. <laughs> it's not. It's not enough. It's so not I need nice. to make you feel taken care of. And if that means that you can put your card away tonight and I'm going to handle dinner or I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to do something for you, then I think that's important, too, for you to know that, like, if I fall off, she got me. She has enough. She knows enough to help me to get it back. You see, this is why <laughs> Angela's at the table, y'all. And you said something that was so true. Me and my boys were just talking. I don't want to say no names because I don't want them. I'm like, oh, he over there telling our business. I'm saying myself. I said, man, a naked woman don't move me no more. Mm -hmm. It used to move me in my youthfulness. For sure. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, come to me, talking about, babe, I think I got an idea that can make us a million dollars. Say what? Yeah. D drop your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, 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 or, I, you know, I'm a spiritual person. So it was like, well, I, I heard God say we should go this route. Say, say, say what? Yeah. I mean, it's like, 
Now, don't get me wrong. Every man wants to physically see Absolutely. an attractive woman. Get you a girl who can do both. Exactly. Right? Like, she don't have to be completely naked on the internet. No, 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 no. But I, I'm clearly not a modest dresser, right? I think people who follow me know I wear short shorts and all the hey, things. Hey, listen. But you, I, you can do both. <laughs> and I think that that's... I think that's important because, you know, everyone knows my saying. I have five S's. You got to be safe, sweet, smart, skilled, and very sexual. Mm -hmm. And the sexual is last because it's like if you come to me with all these things, I'm going to want to live in this space, yep. right? Yeah. But it's like if all you're leading with is the sexual side, yeah. I don't see how can I build a legacy with you. I don't see if I can even pray with you. I don't yeah. see how I can come to you with a business <laughs> idea and a concept. And I'm not looking for you to answer the question, but it's like, hey, let's say for example, you, Angela, hey, babe, I, I feel as if I could do this in the black community, da, da, da. because of your smartness in this yeah. space, you'd be like, well, that probably won't work. Yeah. But if you do it this way yeah. and go about it that way, and maybe if we call this person, yep. I'm going to be like, yo, listen, babe, listen. <laughs> um, I mean, we got about 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's what it should be, right? Like, that's what partnership should be. Like, yes. we should be able to share dreams and connect dots for each other. Yes. Whether it's my resources outside of here, people I know, skills that I have. Like, I want us to be able to yeah. connect dots for each other. And and, and and I just don't, I don't, well, I'm going to get off of that because I'm not a relationship <laughs> expert. I'm a money guy. Sure. So I'm going to get off of that because I'm like, I don't see it happening in relationships in these days and time. Mm. You know, I'm like, are y'all dreaming or did y'all get married just so y'all can have the Christian license to have sex? Yeah. You know, or were you fascinated about the idea about having a wife and a husband and kids? Mm. But, like, I don't know if marriage is love is enough for marriage. I need to see love. I need to see freedom. I need to see how can we build something together and all of that. Yeah for me to say, like, yes, will you marry me, you know? Yeah. But, hey, I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. I mean, I'm still single, so, you know, I'm, I'm still learning the same. Um, you recently opened here in January of actually uh, 2023, so last mm -hmm. year. It's been about a year. Um, you opened up the first black-owned strip mall, um, offering the community education and affordable commercial space for black business entrepreneurs. And you call it Black... And fourth. And fourth. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about this. Okay. Black and fourth. Break yeah. that down for me, that name. So the story starts maybe about six years ago. Okay. Um, so I have this business model where I have I have a retail business, of course, the Spice Suite. Yes. And I knew early on that I wanted to be free and that I needed to step away from the business, but I couldn't afford employees coming out the gate. And so I allowed black people to pop up at my store and sell their products free of charge. And through this... My business model came about because I had women, a woman in particular, who would ask if she could pop up multiple times, right? Like, she was only supposed to pop up once, but her pop-up went well. So she's like, hey, can I come back again? I'm like, sure. And maybe after the third time, I was like, okay, so look, my son has a hockey game. Do you mind running the shop for me while you pop up and sell your products? She's like, oh, my God, I would love to do it. Mm. So I thought, like, I wonder how many other black women would go on this journey with me, and they have a regular space to pop up, and while they're here, they run the shop for me. And so I would talk about that in early interviews and I would say I have this barter with black women and we do this bartering thing black where they have a space to pop up and I have someone to work at my store. I got a call from the U.S. Department of Labor's um, legal department and they were like, hey, so I saw these interviews and you're talking about this barter. We don't see anything with um, between you and the IRS. 
And I was like, so April Fool's. Because <laughs> clearly, I said the wrong thing, because if the IRS needed to be involved, then I misspoke. Right. What do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I'm not trying to catch you up. I just want to understand what you're doing and what's happening. And so I explained it. And he's like, so there's no money exchange. There's no fees, no dues, like nothing. I'm like, no. He's like, so we talked the whole thing through. And he's like, so this actually doesn't exist. Like, I don't know of a model like this in the country. I've been here for, you know, for 15 years. I've talked to a lot of businesses. So it doesn't fit in any of the legal employment types what you're doing. It doesn't okay. fit anything. And so I hung up from that conversation and I was like, if this doesn't exist, I need to create a name for what I'm doing. Absolutely. And so I decided to call my business model Black and Forth, which is the idea of going back and forth for black business owners. And then fast forward to a year, two years ago when I purchased um, the block in Northeast, I purchased the um, commercial space and I needed to come up with a name for my real estate holding company, I decided to name that Black and Forth. And then when DC government decided that what I was building was considered a strip mall um, because there are five different businesses on this one property that I own, then I had to come up with a name for the strip mall. And so I called that Black and Forth. So the name is just kind of transformed over time, but it, it's, it all means the exchange between black business owners, the idea of going back and forth with black business owners. And so I trademarked that as Black and Forth. So help me understand the, the how is it, I could have missed it, but how is it profitable to you? Yeah, so, I mean, so the immediacy is unprofitable, right? Like, you don't immediately look at this, because I could easily be charging folks $50, $100, and make a gang of money. Absolutely. Because our pop-up calendar is full. Like, it's wild. It's full. Like we so have to this tons. day, you're still not charging people? I've never charged anybody to pop up in my store in eight years. We've held th about 4,500 pop-ups um, in eight years, and I've never charged for any of them. And I won't ever charge for them. So I'm not being—it's not profitable, per se, okay. for me to allow this, um, yeah. but it allows me to continue to serve community, to invite community into my space. I don't believe as a business owner you can expect community to show up for you and you don't show up for community. So this is my way of showing up. But then there's these residual um, benefits, right, that don't always translate to currency, but they translate in ways that are beneficial in business. So you're popping up at the Spice Suite. You're, of course, going to post it on social media. You're yes. going to tag people. You're going to let folks know your customers who were never thinking of coming to a spice shop, they were coming for candles, yes. are now coming into the Spice Suite. So I get customers in in that way. And granted, not everyone who pops up has thousands of followers. For some people, they just created a social media page. Right. So not everybody is popping, right? But I still believe in holding space for us. Um, and I'm grateful to be, you know, a space and a catalyst for some people, businesses to take off. And for some folks who have thriving businesses, they just need a home for a day, right? Like they're wow. traveling from out of state and they want to do something in D.C. and they know my space is always welcome, like always open to them. So if I was new to the area, mm -hmm. and if I if I have a clothing line, yep. I could reach out to your business yep. and be like, "Hey, can I uh, just come in there for the day?" Don't reach out. Just go online. Go online. <laughs> they do that. We get We're a billion DMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for, yeah, you literally would just go on our website. You fill out the application. And it's the application, but not in the sense of, like, accepting or denial, right? right. The only reason we deny pop-up is because we have a non-compete model. So if you're selling your clothing line on this day, we couldn't allow someone else to sell their clothing on that day because we don't want folks in the space competing ever. So and the same model with our farmer's market, right? I have a farmer's market that operates on my property as well. We don't. If you're selling tomatoes, the next person can't sell tomatoes because we don't need you competing. It's enough for all of us. And so even though our space isn't huge, right? I mean, it's 7,500 plus square feet, yeah. but we still don't have enough space for there to be competition and there's no need for it. Like, And it encourages you to do something different. Now, as a farmer, you're looking at your inventory like, you know what? 
I probably do have, I have enough tomatoes. Let me bring my potatoes over there yeah. or okra, you know, something else. Yeah. And as a business owner who's popping up, you're like, dang, okay, I can't bring my shirts. You know what? I've been thinking about doing these candles anyway. Let me bring those over there. Mm -hmm. So it allows you to just think a little bit deeper and hopefully it fosters this idea of collaboration, even if for a moment, maybe it takes off when you leave us. The reason why I like this is because, you know, there's a study out <clears throat> and the most recent numbers um, are the average black dollar circulates within six hours. Mm -hmm. um, after six hours, we've left the black community and now we're into the other community. Yep. And your philosophy is, no, 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 let's, let's, let's exchange more. Yep. So come in here and help black business owners. Is it only for black business owners? Absolutely. Is it anybody? Nope, I'm very clear. It's only for black business owners. We need we need sacred spaces. And I'm not afraid to say that. I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's for business owners, and they put black in small print. No, I'm very clear that this is for us. Everybody's welcome to shop, but when yeah. it comes to like who I create specific opportunity for, the farmers are black, the pop-up shops are for black people, the Spice Girls are black women. Have you had any questions about that? You know, uh, we have a mutual friend, Ariane Simone, and uh -huh. she's been attacked because she only supports mm -hmm. uh, black startup companies yep. who are founded by black ladies. And uh, we recently cut her a nice little large check for her fearless fund. Um, and then to hear that you only support this for black sisters or black, well, two, wait, is it for <laughs> black men or the black women? Both. Okay, just so you black, black people. Yep, just black okay, people. okay, because you had yep. a lot of black ladies in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And and I love I love it. I was like, wait, are yeah. you for sisters only too? Like, no, no, no. let's go. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think that's important. When here we go. And if you don't want to answer this question, you can tell me. No, we don't have to answer. <laughs> I have a white audience who follows me. Mm -hmm. When they hear you, some of them probably just, just frown. Like, Ugh. why do you think it's important for us to have spaces? Yeah. that we have, that we own, that we operate out of. Because th the key thing I heard from you was, you're not denying them to come in the shop. Absolutely. You're just creating a space and a place yep. for African Americans, black people, to come and set up shop with no overhead, yeah. for, for the most part. Yep. Why is that so important to you? And if a white person sitting right here is what well, they are, why help them understand why that's important for you. Because we need it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I mean, we simply, it's so simple to me. Like, we need our own spaces. Um, it doesn't happen for us enough. I think oftentimes when spaces are created for black people, it is attached to some, like, revenue stream, right? Like, we're trying to find a way to get money from them. Yeah. And I simply have the space. And I feel like if all you need is space and opportunity, I got that. Like, take it. Um, and so I think that I, my goal is also to hope, my goal is for folks to hopefully replicate this, right? I talk about my business model because I want other people to do it um, and to know that it's sustainable because the audacity of me to open up a brick and mortar space, a new space at a time where even Macy's and Zara, you know, like these major companies are closing. So I know it's a very wild thing for me to want to do, but I believe in my commitment to community enough. I believe that the community will continue to show up for me. Um, and I think that, you know, for white people listening who want to know, like, why this, why so exclusive, right? Yeah. Like, why just black people? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's it's almost 
I don't want to use the word ignorant, right? But it's um, ignorant in the sense of not knowing, right? Like, it's almost ignorance because you don't realize how many spaces you all have of your mm. own, right? Like, you, uh, white people don't have to think about mm. the fact that there are spaces where they don't see black people, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, these spaces were set up for them, but they don't have to put a for whites only sign. Like, we passed right. that, right? We right. don't have to put a for whites only, a colors only sign anymore. Right. But we know that there's the invisible whites only signs on, on lots of buildings and institutions. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we're too scared to put the for colors only, for blacks only, right? Now, sign on our businesses, and I'm not. Like, outside of my space, the biggest sign you see is not the spice suite when you come to the spice suite. When you pull up to black and forth, the biggest thing you see, it says, made in D.C. by a black woman. It's a huge sign. And I want that to be clear. I'm coming. Pull up. I'm pulling up. (laughs) I am pulling up, because here... What's going on, fam? It's your boy, A.O. And I got to talk to you about something near and dear to my heart, and that's representation. You see, growing up, seeing black voices in media was like finding gold in a mine. It showed me what was possible. People like Oprah, Steve Harvey, and even Malcolm X, they paved the way for folks like me to step into the spotlight. And now there's a new wave of black voices making extreme waves, and they're doing it on NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths. This collection is a celebration of blackness like none other. Each episode is like a journey through our shared experiences. Joy, resilience, empowerment is all there. From Bobby to Michelle Obama, they're covering it all. And let me tell you, Listening to these episodes, it's like sitting down with your fam and having a real talk about what it means to be black today. NPR is not holding back with this show. They're bringing you stories that matter, uh, stories that reflect the full spectrum of black life. It's like they say, stories should never be about us without us. So do yourself a favor and tune in to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR. It's not just a podcast. I'm going to be real with you. It's a movement. Listen now, wherever you get your podcast, and let's keep celebrating our stories and our truths. All right, let's get back to my show. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here's why it's so important to me. It's like if we're only circulating a dollar within six hours, mm-hmm. right? If the average black man, not the average, I'm saying this correctly. If 38% of black men in America will make less than $30,000 mm-hmm. in this year. Yeah. And when we when we also go further, the average black family household is going to pull in about 60000 60000 in D.C., you hurting. Absolutely. $60,000 for a family. The average family, they say, is two and a half, which is yeah. still confusing. What, what's <laughs> the other half? half yeah. Right? <laughs> but when you got a family of four living off of 60, that that's 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 tough in it today's day and absolutely. time. Absolutely. And when you really go deeper, it's because, one, income, two, um, access mm-hmm. to 
brick-and-mortar companies, access to the public, access to the financial literacy, yeah. access to so many things that we don't have. And you're saying, hey, I'm good over here. Yeah. Instead of for me charging you all space to come up and just pop up, yo, come over here, get this information, yeah. and get get access to the people. This is important. Yeah. And it's it's definitely a business model that is new mm-hmm. because I'm like, you still got a mortgage to cover on that. Absolutely. You still have to do the maintenance on that building. Yep. You know, but you're saying, hey, I'll worry about that because I want to help you win. Yeah. I, what is one good, I, I want to know, like, what is one good story? Like, has anyone came in, set up a pop-up, and they made money and, and you, you've seen them lead the pop-up and maybe go start something online that was just big or something that was grateful from using your services. Yeah, I mean, so many, right? Like, so many businesses have popped up with us and gone on to have a lot of success. One of them, um, Chantel, owns Play Pits. Wow. The natural deodorant company. She's in, I think, every Target in the country. Her very first pop-up ever was at the Spice Suite. Wow. Like, I remember her being there and, like, nervous about, you know, how to set up her pop-up and, you know, think people coming. It was wildly successful for her, and her business has been amazingly successful. Um, mm-hmm. And she's gone on to do beautiful things, and we, I still, it's, it's the exclusive deodorant I use, right? <laughs> like, I love it. Um, but, yeah, I've seen so many instances like that where folks have had varying levels of successes, even within our tribe, right? Like, the women who regularly pop up, I call them Spice Girls. Okay. Not a unique name. They're not singers. I was about to say, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Is this, uh, there are, there there's a group of Spice Girls. There's a group. Not this group, though. Okay, These okay, black okay. women are magical. Um, and within that group, like, there's been some of them who've left their jobs because they've been making enough money. There's some of them who've been able to, you know, achieve new things in their careers, or now they have manufacturers, and they no longer have to make their products because of the money that they're making, not just from the pop-ups, but all the things that come out of being able to pop up there, right? Like, they now have an additional customer base. They now have a notable space to be able to sell their products that's recognizable um, and that people trust. Right, like people trust my brand, and so whenever they're attached to my brand, there's this kind of inherent um, credibility that they gain just from being attached. Yeah. Let's talk about the 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 because I mean what you're saying is great, and I think I mean I'm just saying this. You probably won't do it, y'all, but I think you need to teach this model mm-hmm. because we need this model in other states and in other cities. Definitely. How does this model work without someone? drowning and losing that building. So how are you keeping that building and having so many people come in there every weekend and sell and you're not losing your head off of the mortgage? So did you get a grant? Like how how did you how are you funding this process? Yeah, so I helped create the commercial property acquisition fund with DC government. Um, so I'm very politically involved, right? So I work with this council member, Kenya McDuffie, to create this um acquisition fund so that I'm not the only black business owner that can purchase commercial property in D.C. Because we know that black people just, we lack access to a lot of things, but we also, there are not a lot of black people who own commercial property in the country, but definitely not in D.C. It's it's ridiculously expensive, right? I paid $1.3 million for the space that I bought, and I had to completely develop it. I put $2.3 million into that space uh, without any credit cards and any um, construction loans. So it it was a huge feat. Like, I did that 
that with revenue and a grant from D.C. government. But in terms of paying the mortgage monthly, I have tenants, right? So on the property, I use shipping containers. Okay. So I have four shipping containers on the property that are a hair salon, two hair salons, a nail salon, and a wax studio okay. that I rent to black women well below market rent. I only pay, I pay them, I charge them a flat fee. I cover the utilities. Um, so that's my way of kind of paying it forward to them is covering their utilities so that no matter how many heads they wash, they you know, could. they don't have to worry about the water bill. They don't so have to think about that. They know what their expenses are every, every month. month. So it allows them to be able to grow and scale their businesses by having that peace of mind. So that helps cover the more, you know, the mortgage, of course. Everything else is really just me banking on revenue from the store and customers coming in and shopping with us. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that people continue to see value. They love our products, of course, and they want to continue to shop. And there's also this kind of sense of pride now, right? Like yeah. our business has grown enough that we have kitchenware. So we have cast iron skillets, measuring cups, rolling pins, everything you can think of that you need for your kitchen. So now there's this group of people that are like, I want my whole kitchen black now. Yeah, like, yeah. now that I know this, like, I want to come in and over time, I want all of my spices to be from a black woman and I want all of my kitchenware to be from you. And so that also brings me repeat customers because now we have folks who might come in every month and they're like, I'm just getting, you know, my, my bowls and my cups. Next yeah. month I'm coming back for utensils and yeah. they want to just build it. And so I've built a brand that I think people respect and they love and they like enough that they want to continue to support it and we're constantly putting out new products. So that then helps us too because there's not this like, oh, we already know what they have. Folks come in all the time because it's like, I have no idea what I might see when I go to the spice suite. I don't know who's popping up, and I don't know what new spices Angel has created because she's always creating something new. I'm going to the spice shop. <laughs> I didn't know you had pots and pans. We have cast iron, um, just because that's quintessential black, right? Yes. So I want that. And it's an heirloom. So I really wanted a cast iron skillet with our brand in it because I want black people, I want all black people to own it, right? So I tell people it's a great gift, yeah. but I want people to have it because this will outlive us. You will redo your kitchen a million times, and you might decide, oh, I don't want copper, I don't want stainless, but you're never going to throw out a cast iron skillet. And so this is the thing that your grandkids, grandkids, grandkids will have, and it'll have this black woman's business name in it, right? Like, there's only one other major company we know of that does cast iron. Yeah. So I want to be able to say that, like, the black people have this brand. Y'all yes. can have that one. But this is what we do over here. <laughs> Angel in here dropping. I'm, I'm like, man, we should have shot this at her at her spot. Because I mean, I, I, I'm I'm excited about this. Like, I really am excited. One of the things I'm really excited about of with your stuff is too is not only are you providing opportunities for people of color mm -hmm. um, to come in without a crazy overhead. Um, to make money so they can go back and build a business and provide for their families, but you're also providing education. Definitely. Out of this spot. Absolutely. Wh where, how long have you been doing that? So we've been doing it in a different way for the past like seven and a half years. Okay. Um, I'm a former educator. I was a teacher, a counselor, a dean, and assistant principal. So I worked in various capacities in education. Yeah. So it was a no-brainer to me that I wanted to continue to educate, right? I also knew very, very early that I had no idea what I was doing when I started this business. And so I knew I needed to learn a lot. And the same kind of philosophy is like, if I need to learn, then these women that are coming along this journey need to learn with me. So I was started at my house, and we would call them my 
monthly meetups. So I would cook and we'd have wine and I would invite friends of mine who were experts in branding, marketing, photography, social media to come into my house and do these like one hour master classes, I called them, on all the things that we would need to know. It was like things I needed to know and I'm like, well, the Spice Girls need to know. So come over to my house and let's learn together once a month. And every time I would post a picture of us like in my living room, you know, after the class on social media, people would comment like, oh my gosh, can I come? And I'm like, girl, this is my house. No, you can't come. <laughs> like, no, read the room. Uh, and so, you know, when I opened, you know, fast forward to me opening Black and Forth, the very first thing I did, I think a week after we opened, we had our first class and I called it Community Business School. And so I have a nonprofit arm of my business called Dream Incubator and folks donate to it. Um, and that helps to fund Community Business School. And so Community Business School is the premise that if we have enough genius in our community to grow our community. And so I call on that genius, right? Mm -hmm. I call on my friends. I call on folks like you who say, like, I have this skill set. I have this thing that I could teach and I could loan you an hour and a half of my time. Yeah. And I, folks just show up and they, they're eager to learn and they want to learn. I think that's also, you know, just kind of dispelling some of these misconceptions about black people, um, about black women not being able to work together, about black people not supporting each other and not wanting better for ourselves. Like, I disprove that every time I show up to a community business school class and I see black people who are nothing but excited to learn from someone else who looks like them. What all, when it comes to the business community school, because mm -hmm. this is something that I I want to I want to join in. I'm going to say it right now. Mm -hmm. So, like, I really want to join in and really make my services, our services available, yep. um, especially within the D.C. community, DMV community, because I think it's important. One of the complaints that I hear from my my listeners are, like, they'll go to these conferences um, and not really get the information that they need. Yep. And I'm all for conferences, but sometimes in a big major conference, yeah. you're not going to get all the information that you need. Sure. And to be honest with you, you're not going to get all the information in an hour-long class. Of course, yeah. You know, but I do believe a smaller setting, yep. you can get more information that will get you started correctly. Definitely. And so with you being on the business side, what all are you offering within those community classes from the business angle? If I'm not mistaken, and I just did my own research, you're mm -hmm. doing something like bookkeeping, yep. uh, marketing. Yep. Uh, grant writing mm -hmm. and tax prep. Yep. Social now, media, photography social... and imagery. Um, I mean, literally everything that you can think of that you might need to know about business. AI, we did a class on like AI and like how that's transforming social media and how you can use it to grow your businesses. We partnered with MasterCard and they did classes on data and how to yeah. use your data. We partnered with Industrial Bank and they did classes on business credit and how to acquire and use business credit um, and apply for business loans. Like literally everything. everything. If someone says it, then I will find someone who can teach the class. Like if, the, if, a, if a question comes up in class and I'm like, I don't know that. I will find someone. We partnered with Broccoli City Festival, and they did a whole um, session on um, partnerships and sponsorships yeah. because they are, you know, kind of the, the best people I know at getting sponsorships and partnerships on a, at a corporate level. So literally everything. Um, and I always tell the students, it's like school. So you should show up to every class, mm -hmm. not just the classes that you think you need because you never know what you might get out of it. Because also it's about the networking. It's about being in the space with like-minded people, mm -hmm. right? Like your classmates mm -hmm. um, is important. And the question and answer at the end, which is what you don't get at the big conferences, right? You can stand up and hope that they pass you the mic in the audience. Right. But in community business school, you're a few feet away yeah. from the person asking the question. So you can ask very intentional questions um, to be able to get some of the answers that you need to walk away feeling like you were fulfilled and you got what you needed. 
AO's coming to the community business school. <laughs> We're going to talk about how do we get out of this consumer debt and start investing properly. Yeah. I think I think that's important, especially on um, tax prep. Definitely. Especially for us. I think, and please tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. uh, if you think I'm wrong. I think black people were the most creative group of people in the world, hands down. Yep. Uh, we know how to get to the bag. Yeah, I think where we fell at is the strategy of keeping and flipping that bag. Definitely. And when I saw tax prep on here, I was like, "Oh, this is gold," because when I got when I started my own business, I'm thinking I can just go to H and R Block. Yeah. No point, disres- <laughs> not trying to be disrespectful and just foul. But then my mentors was like, "No, bro, you you need a tax strategy." Yep. You know, before April comes around, you should already know what yep. your check is. Yep. Not wondering what yeah. it's going to be, and I'm like, wait, this wasn't this wasn't explained to me. Yeah, it was go make the money, and just you could write off some things, yep. and then just go to H and R, go to tax Turbo Tax, or go to someone <laughs> who just file taxes, and they'll tell you, hey, here's your refund or here's your check. Yep. But no one said, no, 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 no. Every quarter, you should be sitting down yes. with a Tax Pro and getting a tax strategy. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm like, and and you're offering that for businesses. Yep. Bookkeeping. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about that in the black community. We don't. You know, and I'm like, and, and this is why we're getting in trouble. It's yeah. because we don't have the proper, um, when I came to buy this house, um, I had no issues. Mm. My books was in order. Yeah. My taxes was in order. Yeah. There was like, and you're paying stuff with W-2? It was just like I was a regular W-2 employee. Yeah. Because I had everything properly documented and in order. Yeah. And I don't, and I hate to say it this way, but I don't see a lot of business owners on both the black and white side. Yeah. But it bothers me when I see the, the black community, we don't have the proper stuff in place. Yeah. And I think it's, it's we just don't know what we don't know. Nice. Right. And I think that it the onus is on those of us who have like started to achieve at higher levels mm-hmm. to teach that. Right. Like mm-hmm. I know that within some of my friend groups, I'm in a different tax bracket than some of my friends. So it's mm-hmm. my responsibility to tell them about custodial Roth IRAs. The fact on. that it's not on the website, that at right. JP Morgan, you might have to call them and ask them to set that up for your children. Yes. And, you know, it takes some There's times when I see my friends post these like sound bites, you know, on Instagram from people and I will like DM them or text them like, girl, it's actually not that simple. I have an actual <laughs> accountant. I do quarterly tax strategy meetings. I have a monthly wow. account, you know, monthly yeah. accounting meeting. Let me tell you what my accountant said. Like, exactly. I'm not the expert, but let me tell you what my accountant said about that. And they're like, oh my God, let me delete it. Mm. Right? Because I think so many things circulate and we just don't know. Right? Yes. And it sounds good. The person seems credible. Why would they mislead us? And so we mm. think that they're telling us the truth and we don't have enough information to be able to question and think critically about the topic. And yep. so my goal my goal is to give us enough information to be able to start to think critically, right? I'm not trying to, I, I'm not claiming to be able to make you an expert in tax planning after this meeting, but I'm giving you enough information that when you hear that sound bite, you're like, but the accountant that was at the class said, I don't know about that. Let me Google. Exactly. At least, right? Like, exactly. let me deep, let me dive a little deeper at least. That's it. Just so that you can start the conversation and start the inquiry so that we remain curious. That's I don't think we're curious enough. That's why the community school is so important. Yeah. Because you come and get the information. If you get the information, if you hear it again, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Let me go do my own research. Due diligence, yeah. So that way, if I make this decision, I can't blame nobody else. Absolutely. And it's like, if I made a mistake, I got to take ownership of that mistake. Definitely. But I think that is so important. 
oh man, there's so much I want to say. <laughs> we won't, we only got an hour on the show though, you know. And I'm like, man, because you're not charging anything to come to these schools. No. The seats are about fifty-five to seventy-five during the cold season, and we may get up to a hundred or more during the summer season because we can be outside. Yep. And so, if people want to come to these schools, these sessions, is that on the website as well? Yep, that's on our Black and Forth website. So at blackandforth.org is where you can go. We also um, post this because we ask each community professor, is what we call the folks when they come and teach, okay. to send us their PowerPoint. Okay. Um, and the PowerPoint, we make it available online so folks can go back through it like a resource guide. So we keep those PowerPoints on the website. Um, and we don't record the classes because okay. the goal is like you got to show up, right? Yeah, yeah. At some point, maybe we'll decide to record them and nah, make it virtual. But I really up. appreciate, yeah, I really appreciate people showing up. I'm like, I'm offering you a class for free with people that you would have to pay to sit down with, right? So I, also, I, I value that, and I want people to value time um, and their investment in their own um, future. Yeah. So we ask folks to show up for the classes, and we put them online. Folks can register online for the class, and then they, we, ha we started the thing because classes will fill up. So you go online, and the class will be full, and people were starting to complain about it on Instagram, and so we started something called ask me, can you pull up? So we would tell folks, if you really want to come, we don't have a seat for you, but if you want to stand up, DM us and say, can I pull up? And we will respond, pull up, and that means you can come and stand up, and people would do it. So people would come and stand through the entire class and stand and lean on the walls and, you know, lean on the tables or wherever they could, and they would be they would be standing room only in the classes. And I'm like, if you want, if you don't mind, I don't mind you being here. Like, if, if it means that much to you that you're willing to stand up, then come on, I would never deny you the opportunity to learn um, because you have to stand. <clears throat> You know, when I come, y'all better pull up. <laughs> they gonna pull up. <laughs> they definitely gonna pull up. They definitely gonna pull up. And, and I just want to echo what she says. I have no problem saying this on, on my show about me. I don't want to speak for somebody else. But for me to speak for 45 minutes and do a 30-minute Q&A, my fee is $20,000. Mm -hmm. And so for, for her to get those caliber of individuals to pull up, to teach for an hour, yep. to ask questions and to answer questions, y'all, that's, that's a... That's a huge benefit to get it for free. Yep. Right? When corporations are paying us, that that's me on my level. Yep. Right? You got other people who are getting paid fifty thousand, a hundred thousand yep. dollars for an hour. So the fact that you're getting these kind of professionals to come, donate their time, partner with you, absolutely. Those classes should be packed every single time. Agreed. And if they're not, we can't complain and say we we can't get the information. Definitely. I, when I hear people say that, can I say this? <laughs> like, when I hear people say that, I'm like, okay, wait, are you really looking for it then? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think the information is out there. Yeah. I think you do have to cipher through what is the right information. Sure. But the information is out there for you to get. So I will say this, right? I do think the information is out there. I, I also could see as a person who could be looking for information mm -hmm. that it could be confusing. Yes. Right? Like, you don't know who's credible, who to believe, right? Yeah. Like, everybody's seen, like, everybody has the really great videography and lighting and sound, and it sounds amazing, but you really don't know if they're, mm -hmm. like, if they're a good teacher. Yeah. Like, how do I know if you're a good teacher? Yeah. And for someone who's starting a business or, you know, they aren't exactly where they want to be in their business yet, and they have to make a financial commitment, I could see how that could make folks a little bit hesitant and they could wait a little bit longer than they quote unquote should yeah. to start that investment in their classes because it's like, 
I don't know. You know, it's almost like looking at reviews online. Like, I have so many products, in front, so many in front of me, I don't know which one to choose, so I didn't choose any. Mm which is why we make it free. Yeah. Like, it's low risk, like, come on. But we also know that we're pretty new at this in terms of making it available to the public. So we have to do a better job. I also put onus on myself, right? Like, I have to do a better job of marketing this and telling folks about it and sharing it when the classes come about so that folks do know that they can come and participate. Oh, well, we're gonna put all her information in today's show notes, show to where y'all can go learn more about, get your spices uh, <laughs> from her, because we gotta support that. Um, I, I love I love uh, shopping black spices. Cause, <laughs> It's just nothing like black food. Let's just be real. Period. You get the black food <laughs> with the black spices cooked on black dishes? Come <laughs> on. So we're going to put that information in show notes. We're going to put black and forth as well in the show notes as well to where uh, you all can um, learn more about that information. Don't DM her because uh, no. I know y'all will slide in her DM. <laughs> she will probably get frustrated and say, hey, y'all, you didn't listen to the show. Uh, so make sure you just go to the website, fill out the application if you want to drop in and, and sell some things. Um, if you are a uh, a legit expert, <laughs> right? if you really have uh, 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 hours and years in, yeah. in something, I mean, you want to volunteer your time, hey, go to the website, check it out, see how you could be a, a professor. But don't do not do it because you just want to do it and you've only yep. been doing it for like five months. Yep. Okay, y'all, let's, let's really help people. Um, and so, so we'll put all the information in today's show notes. But I want to ask you this question. What is your goal? Like, what is your end goal? Whether it's your mother, um, you, you're a black woman, you're a successful woman, you have this shop, you have your business. At the end of the day, um, what is the end goal for Angel? To free more people. Mm. I, I feel free. Mm. I feel like I own my time. I show up where I want to be, when I want to. Like, yeah. there's nobody demanding that I'm anywhere. Yeah. Um, and that feels really good for me. I really just want that for more of us. Um, and so I think through the education and opportunity and space that I provide, those are the, the some of the tools that'll help people be more free. It's like, you know, the, it ain't no fun if my homies can't have none. No, that's like, true. I, I want all of us to be as free as we can be. Um, and I just want to do more of what I've done, right? Like, I don't, I feel good about what I've been doing. I feel like what I'm doing works. I feel like I am truly in my purpose and things are aligned and I feel, um, I feel like I'm doing meaningful work. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to do more of it, right? And I know that that'll come. Like, the corporate sponsorships and things will come, and the donations and things will come that'll allow us to grow this more. But I really just want to do more of it so that I can help more people. Mm. I, I, I think that's why, now I think, one of my three things that I'm focused on is abundance, wellness, and freedom. Mm -hmm. And I just believe black people, especially our black kids, we need to experience freedom and raise our yeah. kids in freedom. Absolutely. And I love how you said, like, yo, I get to do what I want. Yeah. And what I want for you and I is entrepreneurship. But for what they want, it could be a doctor. It could yep. be a lawyer. Yeah. We want you to do what you want to do. Definitely. And and if that is a nine-to-five, great, I'm all for that. Yeah. Because I need nine-to-five employees on my yep. team who sure. want to partner with me to help more people. Yeah. You know? And... I'm tired of seeing people getting up every single day and going to do something that they do not want to do. Yeah. And I'm like, how do we get back our time? How do we get back our choices? How do we mm -hmm. get back our opportunities? 
And I love how you're helping people do just that. Yeah. It even gets me a little emotional when I think about that a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, because it's like, man, I remember when I didn't have the freedom to do what I wanted to do. Man, listen. <laughs> I, I remember being on, <laughs> I remember being a bill collector angel. Mm -hmm. And I left, I owed the same credit card company. So I called this lady. She had to be every bit of like maybe in her 40s. <laughs> and I called her. She owed $5,000 on this particular credit card company. Mm -hmm. I owed the same amount on the same credit card. Wow. And I'm calling her and she's crying. You know, I lost my husband. Mm -hmm. Lost my job. I don't have the money. I'm so sorry. She's crying. And I'm on the other side saying, ma'am, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Because I got paid off the commission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I need you to pay your credit card. Yeah. So I can pay the same credit card. Yeah, card. yeah. And I felt so sick. I felt so bad. I felt mm -hmm. so nasty. Mm -hmm. That me and you are in the same situation. But I'm sitting here yelling at you, trying to convict you, trying yeah. to manipulate you into paying your stuff, <clears throat> threatening her with threats that should not have been saying yeah. so I can pay the bill. Yeah. And when I got off the phone with her, I remember going to the bathroom, and I was maybe 23, and I sat in a stall like I was taking a number two, but I was crying. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, this can't be the life. Yeah. Like, this is, this is my life? that I'm disrespecting a line of people. I'm getting up every morning at, at 8 a.m., at, at 5 a.m., and, and I'm calling and threatening people. And, and I, I, never for, I never forget, I was a number one bill collector within that particular company. I, I, after that day, I dropped. Because mm. if I had to disrespect you, mm -hmm. if I had to lie to you, yeah. if I had to threaten you, then I just, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And of course, clearly I didn't last too much. I didn't last longer at the company after that. But I'm like, we need freedom. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I knew, I tell people often that I think what you want most is what you'll pursue the most relentlessly, right, mm -hmm. in business. And I wanted freedom more than anything, which is why the first thing I did was create my business model that allowed me to be free because I didn't know what freedom felt like, right? Like, we, I, too, have been in, like, struggle, right? I didn't grow up with a silver spoon. I never saw, like, a life of luxury, yeah. and not luxury in terms of things, but, like, time and freedom. I didn't see, I didn't grow up seeing people who own their time, yeah. right? And I didn't see, I didn't grow up seeing people who own their money and were you know, good stewards of their money. I was in college. I went to Howard, but I moved out and had an apartment. I was taking out payday loans, paying this 200% interest rates. I was taking clothes back. My friends would give me jeans. I would take them back to Nordstrom because I knew Nordstrom had this policy where it's like, you know, the customer's always right. right. You can take something back to Nordstrom even if you didn't get it there. So I'm taking jeans that were given to me back to Nordstrom to get money to pay rent. I'm I mean, I did so many things that I couldn't even imagine, you know, I couldn't imagine now, like, having to do, and I'm so grateful that I'm not in those spaces financially anymore, but I've come from so much struggle, right? And so I appreciate what I have, and I am very committed to helping people to no longer have to struggle if I can. Whatever I can do to relieve you, I'm willing to do.
And if I got it, you got it. I remember I stayed in the pay loan system for a year and a half. Mm. Took out one payday. Yep. And went back and refinanced that, that thing for a whole year. Yep. Yeah, I, I had so many payday loans. Like, it was ridiculous. I felt like I was doing, I would like, get it, pay it off, get another one, pay it off, over and over and over again. Then I would get refund checks from Howard. Because when I went to Howard, yep. I wasn't raised by my parents, right? Like, okay. my parents um, weren't around. My grandmother raised me. And I didn't know that she wasn't my legal guardian or what that even meant until I was at Howard. She'd always sign my permission slips, you know, up until everything. So I figured she's my legal guardian. I show up at Howard and my FAFSA keeps getting rejected. So they keep purging my class. Every week I go in and I'm like not on the roster anymore. So I'm sitting in financial aid crying. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And they're like, ma'am, your FAFSA was rejected. Your grandmother is not your legal guardian. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just fill it out. And they're like, but you're not an independent student. You don't have any income. And I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? And so one lady's like, I don't know what to tell you. So I'm like, wait, so I can't go to college anymore? And I remember sitting in there just crying. Every morning, I would go to student, um, to the A building in the mornings, and this man, Mr. Martin, came in, and he saw me crying. He said, what is going on? I see you in here crying every morning. And I said, I don't think I can go to college anymore. And he's like, yes, you can. And he pulled me in his office, and he said, we're going to make you an independent student with special circumstances. They didn't tell you about the special circumstances? And I said, no. And so he said, we're going to get a letter from a pastor. We're going to get a letter from a person who knows your grandma. Like, basically, we're going to get all these letters where people will say that you had this special circumstances. So we're going to make you an independent student. You fill out your FAFSA again. And so I did it and ended up, of course, with ridiculous student loan debt because of it, because I didn't have, I didn't have a choice, though. That was the only way I could stay in school. I signed whatever they said signed, because that would allow me to stay at Howard. Right. And then it's in my senior year at Howard, I was like, my best friend, whose parents went to college and she had all the things, right? She knew what to do. She was like, I'm buying a house. And I'm like, dang, you buying a house? Like, that's so dope. My rent is so expensive. And so I said, you know what, I want to do it too. So I took my refund check and used it for a down payment and bought my first house. I ended up buying that house, put a tenant in that house, bought another house, and so then I started owning residential real estate in D.C. based on my refund check from Howard. Wow. So I was able to get out of debt by doing that. But the student debt, the student loan debt still lingers. So I see your book title over here. Nah. I just don't. It's just, you know, I feel like no matter how much money I make, paying these people, these student loans just don't sit well in my spirit. They don't. They it don't, don't sit well in my spirit. They don't. The IRS, I don't like paying them, but I'm going to pay them because yeah. I don't I don't ever want to owe them people. Yeah. So I don't ever have IRS debt. But the student loan, you know that, that student loan debt. <laughs> That one right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of them. Mm -mm, I, I'm mm -mm. not a fan. It don't feel I good. It, it feels like a big it. parking ticket. It's like you just never want to pay it. Oh man, yeah. My biggest, my biggest goal for people who listen to me is that they are able to pay cash for their kids' college. Yep. And so that book literally was years of experience with me and and the team at the time really learning, okay, what does it take to go to college debt-free? Yep. Um, and that book, while I didn't put it in the book, is dedicated to black people. Yeah. Because we are impacted the most yep. by student loan debt. Absolutely. We It takes us the longest to pay it back. We take out the most. Yep. Even interest rates, if they're on the private sector, yep. we're paying higher interest rates. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to die with student loans. No, no. You know, like it's just, it just doesn't help. And so, but no, I, I understand it because 
I hear that all the time. Everybody, oh, you wrote the book. I'm like, yeah, we sold over 100,000 copies of that book. And surprisingly, a lot of um, people are getting it and applying it, and it's working. Good. Um, but, Angel, you're amazing. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm sitting so here much. thinking, like, this was probably one of my most impactful interviews because I'm sitting next to a sister who is building something, and, like, you're not chasing the money. You're chasing freedom. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure if I'm going to have freedom, I want other people to have freedom too. Absolutely. And I, I and and I feel as if sometimes we can be selfish. Definitely. Right. Oh no, I'm gonna eat. You can figure out how to eat, but I'm gonna eat. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like it, it's like these philosophical things that we say, like these things we say in here, right? And we don't we repeat them, but we don't really think about the impact of like. Mm-hmm bringing someone else along and having a seat at the table. And it's like, Mm. you know, like we want to get in all the doors. And I always Mm. tell people, I might not be able to get in the door by myself. I'm going to need y'all to help kick with me. Right? So I'm not waiting to get a seat at the table to bring somebody else along. I recognize that I might not even get a seat without y'all. So we got to do this together. We have to. We have to do it together. I'm not waiting. Um, There's a sense of urgency um, and community that is important to me. And this idea of cooperative economics not just being a Kwanzaa principle, but being something that actually live means something to me. No, man. I, I appreciate your heart. Thank you. And, and I hope that you all would definitely um, go get her show. Uh, not her show. Go get her <laughs> spices. She needs a show. Uh, but go get her spices. Um, check out um, uh, the Black and Fourth. Uh, we're going to work out something with her for some time this year. We can come over there and do something uh, with them for free. Um, I, I, I want to yeah. see hundreds, thousands up in there. Hey, we got to if we got to get a mic and stand me up on the ten feet podium <laughs> since I'm only five eight. We got to do what we got to do because I think here's my thing: if we can help more of us win, all of us win. Absolutely. Like I, I want to see other people start businesses. I want to see other people start podcasting to where and teach people how to get out of debt. I don't want to be the only person that's teaching that. Like, Definitely. no, I can't teach everybody. Yeah. Not everyone's gonna like my style and yeah. my craziness, you know. Um, so I want to help as many people as I possibly can win, because if I can help ten people win, those ten people go out there and help ten more people. I just helped a hundred. Yeah. And I think for me, that's that's what you're doing, and thank you for that. I'm grateful. Thank you know, you. thank you for that. And uh, we're gonna let you go so you can get back to your beautiful children. <laughs> you know, she landed and came over here, y'all, and she gonna get back to her beautiful children, her beautiful business. But we'll put our information in today's show notes. Check it out, you guys, and uh, we'll see you on the next show. Peace out. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.